Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Hi, I'm Juliana Stanley, a practice management consultant with the Texas Medical Association. I managed a successful specialty practice, but even though I had years of practical experience, as well as a college degree, I still found gaps in my knowledge when it came to measuring practice performance. It was challenging to locate an affordable resource for the education I was seeking. It was time to find practical help and overcome what I didn't know. I made it my mission to learn how to measure practice success. It is my hope that this podcast will provide you with the knowledge you need to begin evaluating your practice using real data and eliminate guesswork. TMA has a long, proud history of promoting patient rights, advocating for physicians, and providing real solutions for your practice. We can accomplish so much when we unite in one voice. Call the TMA Knowledge Center at 1-800-880-7955 or visit TexMed.org to find out how you can join or renew your membership today. Thank you for joining us for the second episode in TMA's podcast series, Measures for Success. Welcome back, Maggie. Hey there, it's great to be here. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Last time we met, we talked about key performance indicators, but today we're going to look at your practice management reports and how you can use those to generate your KPIs and then take a look at the KPIs for your practice, okay? Yes. Um, I brought the reports that you requested, but I almost don't want to hand them over because I don't know if I want to know what they say. (laughs) Well, of course you do. So we're going to take a look at your KPIs, and then we're going to set some goals that you talked about, okay? All right. What do you do first? Well, before we do anything else, we're going to have to talk about closing the month, okay? So when you get ready to run your practice management reports each month, it's important that all of the information for the previous month is entered, right? Mm -hmm. So we look at them like historic documents. So you want your, your reports to be based on a specific date, so like, say, the month of January. You want to wait a few days to make sure you have everything entered in for January and then close your month. And that can be a a physical thing you do in the system, or it can just be a date that you mark that you don't make any changes from. Okay, wait. So we're not supposed to make changes or corrections to charges or payments, but what happens if we find a mistake? Well, you're going to find mistakes, but... You can still make corrections, okay? Okay. So you're just not going to go back and change the data. You're going to make corrections through using adjustments, um, and that way you can have an audit trail so you can track what you did. So otherwise, like, yeah. yeah, otherwise it could look like fraud. Oh, oh, okay. So that's a, we, that's we don't ever word. want that. Okay. Okay, so, um, for example, if a payment was posted incorrectly, you need to move it, but you have to be able to exchange, uh, explain the change, right? So you're going to make an adjustment on one account and post the payment on the other account with notes. So you have an audit trail intact so you can see, I didn't just move money from this account to this account. I actually moved money from this account to this account because there was a mistake and I'm correcting it. Oh, okay. So I've never done that before. What does that process look like? So the process might look like this. 
You allow about a week after the end of the month to be sure all your charges and payments are posted, all the bills are paid, your bank statements are verified, and accounts are balanced, okay? Then you're going to close the month to mark activity as complete. From that point forward, no more changes should be made. You're going to treat all billing and accounting records as historic documents. Okay, that's helpful for me to think of because I know my system prompts me to close. I just never really thought about why. So once I close, I run my reports. Right. So you've closed the month, so you know your your date is going to stay intact. And if you want to report for January and July, it's going to look the same as it does right now. Okay. Okay. So your practice management reports are going to provide you with a picture of what's going on in your practice. Um, Results will help you to take a proactive approach toward your practice improvements, but we can't move forward unless we know where we are now, right? Yes, that all does make sense. So remind me again which reports to run. To recap from our last meeting, we usually run at least the productivity and aging reports, and we'll go through them one by one, okay? When you're preparing to run your reports, try to be organized. Think through the process. Think about what time period you want to look at and what information you want to get. To be consistent, I always use the date of service as my basis. Okay. Some systems will default to a date of the transaction entry, but I really find it more meaningful to be able to correlate my schedule to my charges and payments and adjustments. So I use the date of service. Absolutely. Usually the doctors want to see it that way too. Because then they can say, okay, well, this month was low, but I was on vacation during these days. Oh, So if you're looking at my data service, it makes more sense. Yeah. So you can look at services and procedures um, for your productivity reports. You're going to look at them by code, by provider, by place of service, et cetera. So any kind of parameters you want to put on that, you can see exactly what's going on with that provider or that physician or that particular place of service if you have multiple locations. Today... We're just going to look at basics. We're going to look at your whole practice, at charges, payments, and adjustments. And as a little tip, you can also use this report for calculating performance bonuses for your physicians. You're right. That's a great incentive. And these are the reports I use to calculate my collections percentages, right? Correct. You'll use your productivity reports to calculate your gross and net collections percentages. To calculate gross collections percentages, you're going to take your gross collections and divide that by your gross charges, okay? So gross collections divided by gross charges equals gross collections percentage. This number is best used for internal purposes. So you can compare your practice this time this year to this time last year or any other equivalent time period. You can use it for a month or a year to year or something like that. It's to identify trends within your own practice, okay? So you can see that, you know, July is always lower or something like that. Okay. So I did bring in our 2017 and 2018 numbers. What do those say about how we did? Well, when you see your gross collections percentages, sometimes they can be a little bit scary, okay? So just say that first. You're already preparing me for bad news, (laughs) I can tell. Not necessarily. Um, Your 2017 gross collections percentage was 37.76%, and your 2018 percentage was 36.65. So it's relatively stable year after year, right? But it seems really low, right? It does. Do we... 
want stable or do we want to increase those percentages? Well, since the gross collections percentage is variable based on your practice fee schedule and insurance contract allowed amounts, it's really best to focus on stability. Okay. Remember I said this is better used for internal purposes? That's why. Okay. Um, A stable number tells us that your scheduling is consistent, charges are being entered and submitted regularly, and they're being entered at least within the same month. Does that include the five-day grace period before we close the month that you discussed earlier? Good question. Yes, it does. Okay. You want to make sure that your all of your charges are entered in that month, but you can't do all the charges for January by the end of the day on January 31st, right? Yes. So that five days is included as part of the dates of service. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so then you're going to use the net collections percentage for comparing your practice to other practices and to industry benchmarks, Okay. It's more comprehensive than the gross collection percentage, and it's calculated this way. You take your collections less your refunds and divide that by your charges less adjustments. Okay? So for net collections percentage, take collections minus your refunds and divide that by charges minus adjustments. And I know these calculations can get kind of hairy, but um, they're, they're not that complicated once you get it down. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> um, so for net collections percentage, you're looking for 95% or better. And that indicates a stable revenue cycle. All right. If you have a lower number than that, you're likely seeing increases in your accounts receivable and maybe some slow paying payers. But if your number is higher than 100%, then you're probably... Um, doing a lot of refunds or maybe a lot of write-offs due to bad debt or cleanup of old accounts. So now when we calculate our net collection percentage, we'll be able to see how well we've been collecting payments. Is that what you're telling me? That's right, Maggie. Okay. Um, So let's take a look at your percentages. For 2017, your net collections percentage was 98.6%. That was a good year for collecting fees. Go us. In 2018... It was 106.26%, though. Oh. So huh. when I'm looking at this, I can see maybe you've done some cleanup of old accounts, maybe wrote off some old balances. Maybe you're right. <laughs> um, we still have some work to do cleaning up some old accounts, so that means our 2019 net collection percentage will be a little high as well, right? That's right. But you'll start to see it normalize as you reduce your old account balances, so... Next, we're going to look at the agent reports. Um, Then we'll be able to see where you need to start on those old accounts. Okay? Okay. All right. Um, So your aging reports tell you how quickly you're getting paid. Makes sense, right? You want to know how old your accounts are. Yep. Okay. So when we look at your accounts receivable, we usually try to divide that into two categories. You have insurance payments and you have patient payments. Yes. Okay. Or accounts. So we divide them into buckets, current 31 to 60 days, 61 to 90 days, and greater than 90 days. And for the purposes of this conversation, your 90 days bucket, we're looking to be less than 10%. Okay. So we want your claims to age through the process. And by the time they get to 90 days, most of them are going to be paid. 90%. Okay. Yeah. Good round number. All right. So your total AR is 64.32% current and 13.82% over 90 days. 
So you have a little bit higher than 90 days. So you can see your total AR is a little bit older than we'd like it, but not so bad, right? Yeah. Okay. Then when we break it down into insurance and patient, um, your insurance AR is 76% in the current bucket. Seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. And your over 90 days is 7.64%. Even better. That's right. But. Oh. Yeah. I know. There's always a but, right? Yeah. Um, when you get to the patient AR, your current is 14.89% and your over 90 days is 40%. So we can see we're not doing a great job of collecting the patient payments up front, right? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so we know where the, where you need to focus your efforts. This is all it's telling you. Okay. That you have a bigger problem with your patient balances than you do with your insurance balances. Okay. Okay. And that's not uncommon at all. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So if you're comparing your practice to the benchmarks, you're going to be comparing that to a current bucket of 62.33% and over 90 days of 12.72%. So in comparison to the benchmark figures, your practice is performing pretty well, but we can see that the current claims are being paid better than the older claims. And even though total AR looks good, when we break it down into the insurance and patient AR, you can see that there's some work to do collecting those patient payments. Yeah, I, I see where the where we need to place our efforts and where we need to do the most work. Um, is there any other number that can help us? There is one other one. Okay. Uh, it's days in AR, days in accounts receivable. This number tells you how long it takes to collect one day's worth of adjusted charges. So one day's worth of charges should be collected within one month. To calculate your days in AR, you take your total accounts receivable divided by your average daily charges from your productivity report. Okay. Okay. So total accounts receivable divided by average daily charges gives you days in AR. You're looking for this number to be less than 30 days. And you want it to be less than 30 days to avoid potential cash flow issues. When it's longer than that, we drill down into individual insurance payers. Um, sometimes it indicates a problem with a particular payer taking too long to pay the, the claims. Mm -hmm. um, prompt pay laws have alleviated the problem of slow paying insurance carriers for the most part, but there are still times when carriers lag behind. If a pattern develops, it could be time to consider terminating a contract. Isn't that a little extreme? I mean, I guess that makes sense, but that's, can we do that? You can. Um, and in fact, if it's a consistent problem, then you can take that to TMA and we have some resources for you there. Um, but it does happen that sometimes a payer is just not performing well and it's not beneficial to your practice to keep taking that insurance. Because if you're spending too many resources on that insurance payer, then you can't provide all the services that you want to to your others, mm, to other right. patients. So your days in AR number is 32 days. The number for your practice indicates you are getting money in a little more slowly than you would prefer, but it's not completely out of range. So we, we do have issues with a particular carrier and we get nowhere with them other than firing them. Like how can we get help? As a TMA member, you have access to the TMA Knowledge Center also. So if you have problems with a particular payer or something like that, you can call the Knowledge Center and ask them for additional help, and they can direct you to the proper department within TMA. Oh, wonderful. Can you help with something else? Um, I know my staff 
don't collect at the time of service, but they say they are. So they're telling you, basically, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and you're not going to know it, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? There is a number that you can look at to help with that. Oh, great. Yep. There's one more report you can run, and it's called the Point of Service Collection. All right? It tells you whether you're collecting at the time of service or not. Um, This number can be used for evaluating your front desk staff, for establishing contests between them to see who's collecting co-payments more often, and for performance bonuses, too. Oh, great. Another opportunity for that. Yep. So this one, you want your target to be 100% because there's no reason that they can't collect a co-payment, co-insurance deductible when you're verifying your benefits and you know what you should be collecting from the patient at the time of service, right? Yes. So really no excuses. Your target's 100%. You can run this report based on staff member. Okay. So oh, it goes better. by their login, right? Ah. So if, you know, Juliana is telling you, oh, no, I'm doing it 100% of the time, and you run the report, and it's a low percentage, you know she's not doing it 100% of the time. No, oh, yeah. All right, so your target on this is 100%. Are you ready to hear what yours was? No. <laughs> well, you're going to hear it anyway. Your practice rate was 60%. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't want to be right. Yeah, but you were. Oh, okay. So usually if you don't think somebody's doing something, you're probably right. Yeah. All right. So this is an opportunity for staff training. I know it can be hard for them to ask for money. But we have some really great resources in the TMA Education Center that can help. You can access your staff and you can access them to go through some training, some basic scripting for asking for co-payments and things like that, okay? So you're not out there on your own. There are resources to help you do this. But remember, collecting at the time of service more consistently helps decrease your patient AR, which is where you had a problem, and prevents balances from becoming uncollectible. So if your point of service collection rate is low, your patient AR is going to be high. Yeah. So that's that's how it gets old is because we're not asking for the money at the time of service. That's true. And I, I know our staff means well. They have every intention of collecting deductibles and co-pays, but it does sound like we have some training to do. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do to look somebody in the eye and ask for, you know, 100 or or $1,000. Yeah. It's a hard thing, and it does take practice, but they can do it. Okay. Thanks, Juliana. I really appreciate this feedback and all of your help. And I have an idea of what I'm doing the rest of the week. (laughs) Your efforts will be well-placed, I'm sure. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for meeting me again, Maggie. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it was wonderful. I cannot thank you enough. And remember, if you need more help, we have the Knowledge Center, and we have resources available for you in the TMA Education Center. There's webinars there as well as written publications available. And since you work for a TMA member... Most of those publications are available to you for free. Along with your phone number and email address and home number. Uh, You know, everything but um, my dog. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's it for today. Please join us for the next episode in Measures for Success, when we'll discuss a few remaining KPIs and some ways you can clean up your claims process.